Hello and welcome back to the Littlest Petcast. I am your host, James, and today we are looking at the episode The Very Littlest Pet Shop. And uh, after this episode, we will finally be back and stop with Air Date Order. Because I'm going in Netflix order. And this is the last episode in Netflix order where the order is different. So, we just have to cross this hurdle, and we're good to go. But, this is a very particular hurdle that we're going to have to cross. So, let's get into it, shall we? So, it begins with Russell chewing on a squeaky octopus when Penny Ling shows up and she seems mad. But she's not mad at Russell. She's... Mad at Pepper saying she's not going to talk to her anymore. And it's kind of endearing how Penny goes to Russell in a certain kind of way. Because, like, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm full this ship, I guess. I don't know. It's a, it's a long, strange journey to get there. But it seems very plausible, at least. I don't know. I mean... Yeah, my confusion more comes from, like, Russell maybe being shipped with Blythe, but, uh, we're not going to talk about that too much this episode. So, uh, Russell, as the pet shop's diplomat, I guess, asks what Pepper did to make her upset. And Pepper says that she just pointed out that uh, Penny Ling's butt wiggles when she walks. Like, she says, like, she pointed out how it sways back and forth when she walks, which, how does that not appear on getting crap past the radar? Like, it's not there. It's also not on the page of Little Rascals, the movie, where they also have a similar joke. But it's worse in that context in terms of getting crap past the radar because it full-on implies what this sort of implies. And, like, it's also with younger people. I'm going to assume the pets are at least teens so they have maybe a sense about the thing, I guess. I don't know, it's hard to talk around this. But it just seems odd, you know? But continuing on, Pepper says that it isn't a bad thing. She just finds it hilarious. And she then explains that everyone is hilarious. No two people are not on fire. Uh, so, uh, she points out that Minka straightens her tail when she sneezes, and then, uh, we see that in action, because Minka's putting Pepper on a banana, and she sneezes. And then Pepper also points out that Zoe freaks out when she sees a stick passing by, and Pepper throws a stick, and Zoe just goes nuts and knocks over a chair for the stick. Russell then turns it on Pepper while all of the other pets gather to glare at her. And 
Pepper says, well, yeah, I'm also funny, but but my hilariousness I do on purpose, you know, <laughs> which is so deflecting. It is so deflecting. Minka then picks up Russell and says, what about Russell? He's not funny. Pepper says that Russell is probably the funniest person here because he always has a clipboard. He's afraid of marshmallows, which Russell justifies by them being so soft. And then Pepper finishes with, he curls up into a ball when he gets scared. Then Pepper says, boo, and Russell balls up. After everyone else laughs, Russell then says his serious nature works well with Pepper's jokey nature, creating a balance, if you will, which Pepper finds hilarious. <laughs> uh, like... She says it's the funniest thing, and I have in my notes that it's extra hilarious. And <laughs> when typing that, I realized, yeah, that is kind of extra, <laughs> Russell. I'm not going to lie. So, anyway, uh, theme song happens, then we cut to the outside, not the outside, the, like, shop part of the Littlest Pet Shop, where Mrs. T and Blythe are feeding a new day camper, a slow Loris, and she's eating very slowly because she's a slow Loris. And Mrs. T and Blythe look on, uh, talk about her being an ambassador to help people understand endangered species, and giggle a bit. Uh, the slow Loris, whose name is Dolores, we're getting Susian up in this, uh, screeches at them, and Blythe says that she'll figure it out. Mrs. T that says that she's so eager to understand, quote-unquote, the pets. Blythe is like, yeah! And then she takes Dolores to figure out the problem. Dolores then says she's from the darkest depths of the jungles of Tomango, which does not exist, or at the very least, it's what Dolores is or other inhabitants of the area call Southeast Asia, because slow Lorises are from Southeast Asia, <laughs> and she says she does not like being stared at, but... Uh, she has a high-pitched voice. Like, like think about it like Stitch, but higher-pitched and, uh, like, constant instead of, like, you know, Stitch is kind of stuttered because he's still trying to grasp English. Like, um, like, instead of ha-ha-ha, it's... Um, hello there, I am Stitch, you know? But, uh, it's not Stitch's voice. It's like, picture that up an octave. Or two, maybe. Maybe it's just one octave. I don't know what my... What Stitch and, uh, Dolores' voices have in terms of octave. But she kind of sounds like this. And when she gets mad, she just goes off. So, uh, 
she has that high voice and Blythe laughs at it, but Dolores says she hates being laughed at. Blythe understands this and asks for a minute before uh, she introduces Dolores to everyone. So she goes into the day camp and she's like, you guys wouldn't laugh at anyone, especially a new camper, right? And then the pets all turn and look at Pepper and she's like, why is everyone looking at me? Blythe then says to be on your best behavior for Dolores the Slow Loris and Pepper laughs at the name and Blythe asks her not to. Pepper agrees to keep quiet, but it's really hard for her, as you can see. So, uh, after a bit, Dolores is in the play area and she is eating and everyone is a bit tense. So Pepper decides to break the ice, but when Dolores speaks, she starts giggling. Russell and Penny then escort Pepper away, and Sunil gives Dolores more food while explaining Pepper's action. Dolores then says, Does she know that I am from the darkest regions of the jungles of Tomango? <laughs> Cripes. Ugh, finally a voice I can kind of do. And then Sunil says, Probably not. Uh, oh boy, I I I love pulling out that voice. This voice, oh god, I uh, I love it, and I relish whenever I get to do it. So expect it to come up at least a bit this episode. So Russell and Penny then confront Pepper about her behavior and how she's doing the exact opposite of what Blythe told her to do, which seems to be a recurring problem recently. Because last episode, and it is last episode, no matter the Netflix or air date order, they went to a party that Blythe told them not to show up at. Although there they used plausible deniability, or plausible deniability, if you will. <laughs> so Pepper says she can't help it, but they warn her again, and she's like, fine. Sunil tells Dolores that Littlest Pet Shop is a friendly and welcoming environment. Dolores is glad to hear that and starts eating, but her slow eating starts a ruckus among all of the pets, and Dolores is like, you don't want to see me, Andrew. <laughs> and Pepper says that she kind of does. The pets continue giggling a little bit, but Dolores then explains that the next person to laugh will get cursed. And then she explains that where she's from, she's feared for she is a master of an ancient magic that is still present in the jungles of Tamango. And we see that in action where like, uh, like all of the other animals like around are afraid of her. And she curses a giraffe for eating in a tree that she was in. And uh, she's also wearing, like, tribal wear, which I'm going to give 
sort of a pass because if you're from like that area and you're that deep into like the forest where like it's still persisting maybe that's i don't know it's it's a fine fine line before i continue i do want to point out something why did she leave the jungles of tamango in order to become what seems to be like a diplomat for endangered species like hers she was like a feared mystic like why would she le- like why would she leave or get captured for these purposes or just be put in a habitat and like dragged and asked out like like I'm not gonna ask why slow lorises are endangered because I don't know that's a complicated habitat thing and I like to think that the learning of ancient magic is a means of defense rather than you know having this defense and still going down anyway so that's all I want to say for now so the pets wonder if she's serious and then Zoe says she believes it but then she does a little pee dance and Pepper wonders what's up with Zoe and Penny says just let's leave Dolores alone so Blythe then comes in and says that uh, she's in charge for an hour because Mrs. Tombley has an appointment or something. Zoe then demands to be walked for a bit and Blythe understands and takes Zoe out and reminds everyone to be nice. Once Zoe and Blythe have left, Pepper then says, wouldn't it be great if she actually could curse us? The pets try to cool her down, but Pepper doesn't believe in curses and says that she can make crabs from... I think it's a play on Louisiana, but with crabs. Like, crabbiness from the crabbiest parts of the world. Something like that. Laugh. So, Pepper goes in with Groucho Marx's glasses and the arrow through the head, which gets nothing. A clown nose, which gets nothing. A joke of why did the rubber chicken cross the road? She wanted to stretch her legs. And still nothing. Pepper then decides to pull out the showstopper. Sometimes I water the flowers, Pepper begins. And sometimes they water me. But the hose the water is going through. Uh, stops because Pepper is holding the hose too tightly and it builds up and then explodes and all of the water just pours onto Dolores. Pepper says that she should get that fixed and Dolores is mad and then Russell, of all people, bursts out laughing harder than anyone else. And because of that, Dolores then places a curse on Littlest Pet Shop. She does some weird dances, and then the wind picks up. 
and it blows into the shop. Dolores's eyes are glowing, and a cloud forms over Littlest Pet Shop. The cloud then creates a beam, and it hits the building and shrinks it. All of it. It is an apartment complex, as well as a shop. So, the pets leave the shop and wonder what's going on, and Penny concludes that either we've shrunk or everything else has gotten bigger, which I do kind of appreciate the flipping of that certain trope, because, like, usually it's uh, wrong answer, then right answer, but I appreciate right answer, then wrong answer. So Sunil and Vinny kind of freak out, and Vinny even says we're littler versions of our littlest selves, which is pseudo-self-aware. And then they ask Dolores if she did it, and Dolores says she did. And then they point out that she shrunk herself as well. And she says she meant to do that. Now I hope you all learned not to make fun of me. And then some bugs come out. But they're bigger than the little pets. And like they're running away. Like it's a fly, then a worm, and then an ant. And then uh, all of the regular pets follow Russell when he says, To the very littlest pet shop. Hey, that's the name of this episode. (laughs) So meanwhile, Dolores hides behind a pebble or a rock. Then, once all of the regular pets are inside, we see a returning uh, character approach the titular very littlest pet shop Alice who is excited about the dollhouse she just found (laughs) Alice's mother who clearly never cares about anything says I don't remember them taking down the pet shop building Uh, (laughs) she does not care so uh, Alice looks in and the pets are scared, especially Vinny, who remembers her from when he was Princess Precious. So Neil comforts him, saying that he's not alone, which I guess means Vinny told the story in full at some point, which I guess makes sense. Vinny says they'll feel better if everyone is in tutus, and everyone gives a look that's like... Eh. And then Alice picks up the dollhouse she just found and is excited. But then gets somewhat sad because if only I had my baby alligator, Princess Precious, he could live here. Alice's mom is like, that's nice. Now hold my hand so we can cross the street. The very bare minimum parenting right there. Like, like making sure. Your kid doesn't get killed under your watch by getting hit by a car. Christ. So, yeah. um, Because of Alice's mom and the headcanon I came up with for Alice in the initial episode, I 
I kind of have been wondering something. Are the kids in Kids Next Door like like a weird class or social structure thing? Because like I don't remember them having negligent parents like Alice seems to have a negligent parent at best but like like I don't remember any parents who were like eh whatever and kids fighting for you know love and affection it's it's all just like you know dessert or bedtime or toys or whatever like things seem like injustices when you're a kid especially if you're a bit more well off like like I want cake but your mom is like oh you can't have too much cake and then the kids next door is like um yes we can it's like it's all like that I don't I don't think there's any like serious issues represented in kids next door which I don't know maybe there should have been maybe they didn't want to be too strong on it but I would like to think that the kids next door would help in situations like that or worse even but it just never comes up or if it did I don't remember it too well like I remember like a fair amount of episodes of Kids Next Door, but like, eh, I don't know. So Dolores looks on this concern, and the pets are being thrown about by Alice's walking or bouncing about. Minka says that this is Russell's fault as the shop is being put into disarray. And Russell says, I didn't shrink the pet shop. But Vinny's like, you were the one who laughed at Dolores the hardest. And that caused it to shrink. And then Pepper says, it's just natural to react like that. Which, come on, Pepper. You need to stop proving your point. We're in dire circumstances as of this moment. So Neil demands that Russell do something, and Russell says he will right after the building stops moving. Also, how is there no one else in this building at this time? <laughs> like, like are, are they all conveniently at work? <laughs> like, or at least out? Like, this is a subsection of New York. I can imagine some of them having night jobs. Like, it's not implausible that there's one other person in there, but... I mean, I guess... I don't know. It's it's really weird. So Alice and her mom go into their apartment, and then Blythe comes around and says she enjoys days like this but she can't wait to go back to Littlest Pet Shop she then leans on what she thinks the building is or where she thinks the building should be but it's nothing and she falls over and Blythe is really confused 
And Zoe sniffs out a rock and she barks at it. Blythe picks it up and she finds a tiny Dolores. So, uh, Blythe demands answers and Dolores explains what happened. And uh, she put a shrinking curse on the littlest pet shop. Dolores says that it's the only good curse she knows, which I find amusing. Blythe asks if someone laughed at her, and Dolores says, The porcupine. Blythe is like, that seems odd for Russell to do. And... She also corrects Dolores and says that Russell hates it when you call him a porcupine because he's a hedgehog, which, I mean, is true, but I don't know if Russell has the high ground in this situation. Although, apparently, he's on the third floor of an apartment building, but we'll get to that. So, uh, Blythe, uh asks more about this curse, specifically if it's permanent. (laughs) Dolores says that it's permanent for an hour. (laughs) I've never had one last more than... No, wait, wait, wait. It's it's permanent for an hour. I've never had one last more than... (laughs) Oh, Oh, that little personality touch into this ancient jungle magic is... Amazing. Zoe says she doesn't see anything that looks like a very little pet shop. Dolores explains that a little girl took it. When asked where, Dolores said she was hiding, so she doesn't know. (laughs) So, uh, Blythe surmises that they need to find and return Littlest Pet Shop before Mrs. Twomley gets back. And before the curse is lifted and the building is just somewhere else. Blythe asks Zoe if she can pick up a sense. And uh, Zoe then proceeds to pick up the sense of the others and has a strong reaction to Peppers. And then leads Blythe. So lucky for Dolores, Blythe was wearing a shirt with a pocket in it. So uh, she puts Dolores in that pocket for safekeeping. So Aunt Alice's... Alice excitingly puts her new dollhouse down and is excited because it's so realistic (laughs) and like the door really opens and stuff it looks like an actual building but her only problem is that she can't get to the animals inside but she keeps trying and everyone's afraid and Vinny is very afraid (laughs) Alice calls out to her mom for help multiple times and I don't think she's gonna come because I don't think she cares which is kind of sad but I guess Alice makes the best of it so Minga starts freaking out about being in a small space but Pepper tells her that we're proportional we're the same size in the shop that we would be if we were all grown and that calms Minka down the pets try to look for Dolores, but they can't seem to find her anywhere. So Penny gets very upset and starts crying because if they can't fix this, they'll be stuck like this forever. Zoe leads Blythe to Alice's apartment building, 
and she bets her dog license on the pets being here. And they continue to investigate, and uh, they come to a door, and so he's like, they're here. And Blythe says that they should hurry, because they don't want to be in a building when another building grows in it on the third floor. <laughs> Which, I guess, might count as manslaughter, so I guess Dolores fits in with the rest of the pets that way. <laughs> By almost committing manslaughter. <laughs> so... Blythe then asks Dolores how much time they have. Dolores says, I don't know, I'm a... S no, wait. I don't know, I'm a slow Dolores. I don't have a sense of time. Then how do you know what an hour is? Or that your magic lasts an hour? It conveniently does. But did someone have to tell you that? Did one of the conservationists studying you, like, study your magic that would that would have been a helpful thing to know going into the pet shop you know okay but like uh they need to think of a way in and Dolores is like I can curse the door to which Blythe says no more curses she then puts uh, Dolores back in her shirt pocket and she knocks on the door and Alice's mom answers and Blythe says she's selling stuff for school. And then Zoe charges in and barks. And Blythe calls her out and goes in after her. And Blythe apologizes to Alice's mom and says that her dog must like your decor. Then follows her. Alice's mom, after all of that, just says, I'm not buying anything. Uh, which is... Uh, uh, it's so... Like, hilarious with a dark underline. <laughs> um, man, like, after all of that, he's just like, I'm not buying it. <laughs> so, just play it. Why don't you call Child Protection Services after this? Just, just, <laughs> sure. Because, like, this doesn't, this doesn't seem like a nurturing environment. Although with the way Alice is, she makes it a nurturing environment. So, Zoe then leads Blythe to Alice's room. And they see the pet shop and Blythe begins to speak with Alice. The pets hear this and are relieved. And what's interesting about uh, this upcoming scene is that both Blythe and Alice are played by Ashley Ball, and I love it when actors act against themselves. I just love it. So, Blythe compliments the dollhouse and asks her where she got it. Alice is like, I found it in that empty space across the street. <laughs> Which, like, you, you gotta be more suspicious of things, Alice, but... I mean, who am I to talk? We'll get into that a bit. But, like, I don't know. I guess that's why she's still in training to be a Kids Next Door agent. <laughs> so, Blythe says that it's actually her dog's dog toy, and Zoe plays along with it. Alice is like, I've never heard of a dollhouse dog toy. Blythe is in, like, look how sad she is about her favorite toy. And Zoe plays it up, but Alice kind of just brushes it off. 
and calls Zoe a silly puppy. And then it gets windy. And Dolores is like, uh-oh. But then turns around and takes Dolores out and asks what the uh-oh. Dolores explains that that was a warning wind. And Blythe is like, this is the first time I'm hearing about any sort of warning wind. Blythe kind of goes for it gently. But Alice runs off with it. And Blythe and Zoe give chase. Alice leaves her apartment. And Alice's mom is like, where are you going? But... <laughs> Like, like in a way where you know she's just saying it to tell people she said it. Come on. <laughs> but Blythe reassures her anyway. Because I guess she has bigger things to worry about at the moment. And says that she's a certified pet sitter. Which, according to CGP Grey, is just as good, I guess. So Alice is running in the on the sidewalk when she trips and Zoe catches the doghouse uh when uh she sends the doghouse when she said the dollhouse did i say doghouse i have it in my notes as doghouse whatever it's going to be a bit too hard to edit so i'm just going to move on you you know what i mean so alice then thinks to distract zoe with a stick and she throws a stick and Zoe goes for it and brings it back to Blythe. Blythe gives her a look and Zoe realizes what just happened while Alice picks up the dolls. <laughs> and I love that they established it and then used it. And it's like, oh man, that's like, like it's, it's fundamentals, but like good writing is built on fundamentals. <laughs> you know, you, you, got, you gotta have a strong base. If you want to build up. So. Blythe continues to chase Alice. And it starts getting really windy. And Blythe negotiates more. And Alice says she doesn't want to give it back. Because what if I miss it? Like I do my sweet baby alligator. Which is a fair point. It's a good point And it's a good human moment. And upon hearing that. Vinny's like happy. I I guess the whole thing is like turning around for Vinny. Alice explains that she had a pet baby alligator she named Princess Precious, but he ran away and I miss him. And Vinny's even more happy because like somebody likes me. Blythe also knows the story and says she's friends with that baby alligator and Alice can come visit when she wants. Just give me the dollhouse. Alice is skeptical that it's the same baby alligator, but the wind picks up even more and the cloud starts to form. And Blythe pleads with Alice, asking her to trust her. Just give me the dollhouse. Alice does, but on the condition that she can visit whenever she wants. Blythe agrees to it and tells Alice to get back inside due to the wind. Blythe cares more about Alice's well-being than Alice's mother confirmed. So Blythe and Zoe rush to the vacant lot and they see Mrs. T coming around the corner. I almost typed Mr. T here and I never made that connection until now. And then they put the shop down, the cloud forms, the beam hits. Uh, well, Dolores goes in before the beam hits. And uh, like the shop grows back to its actual size. Uh, before it does, I kind of missed this part in my notes because I was just going at it but like uh Dolores goes in Penny gives a hug to Dolores is overjoyed and Pepper says like 
yo, you're really good at these curses. And then Dolores says it's going to wear off. And then it grows. And Blythe, after it grows, says fantastic. And Mrs. Twombly says it is fantastic to see you. And asks how well things went while she was out. And they're entering the shop. Mrs. Twombly sees the mess, but Blythe tries to cover it up by saying it was kind of slow with not a lot of sales. Mrs. Twombly says, how could you with this? And shows Blythe a still shrunken cash register. Blythe tries to cover it up, but her head is now a pumpkin. Mrs. Twombly's head is now a fish and Zoe's is now just an eyeball. We then hear Russell call out Vinny, and it like back to Vinny, who has a vacant stare. But uh, Russell snaps to snap him back into reality, and then Russell asks Vinny if uh, he was imagining what it would happen if Dolores actually put a curse on us. Vinny admits to doing so, and. Minka's like, she didn't actually curse us? And Dolores says, I didn't. I've never successfully put a curse on anyone. So it was all, all a dream. The funny thing is, my first time watching it, I believed it up until the whole heads thing. Like, like the mini cash register I could still believe. Like, that wasn't too believable. Like, and it's not because, like, I was, like, too gullible or vulnerable to information. It's because, based on everything else this series has done thus far, it makes sense. It makes complete and total sense. I guess it's a kind of gullibility, but it's like, like, I believe that this could happen. Like, like, I believe, like, oh, goodness. It's like, it's like Toys in the Attic from Cowboy Bebop. That episode didn't happen, but it easily could have. And also the zombie mining episode of Samurai Champloo. Same kind of thing. Like, it didn't happen, but I could totally believe that it happened. But this feels worse (laughs) than those two because A, Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Champloo are, like, pure excellence all around and this is just kind of eh. but second off like it's only confirmed in later episodes that those things weren't uh real like in the next episode we see spike like waking up in in a panic because he just had that nightmare and like, I think later in Samurai Champloo, Fu Mentions was like, hey, what about this? Or no, it was the same episode, and they were on drugs. Fu was like, hey, what about those things? <laughs> were they drugs? 
So, or maybe it was later. It's been a, it's been a bit since I've seen Samurai Champloo. But like, oh, this this is worse because it's a direct thing, and it just kind of feels like a, a slap in the face a little bit, because it's hard confirmed. Uh, like, and it's also it it to me it feels like it's saying, oh, this is too far of a concept for this show when it it really isn't it makes complete sense with everything else we've seen we've seen like like aliens actually exist bigfoot actually exists we've seen sunil do magic multiple multiple times we've seen a blitzard that like like I know I have headcanons for a lot of this show, and it makes the show even weirder than it is, but this show is pretty weird to begin with. Like, I had to explain the Blitzard instead of it just being a natural phenomenon for whatever reason. It's like... Like, like even stuff in the show is more far-fetched than ancient magic and shrinking. Like, like, nest hats or kung fu quilting or the pets somehow not hitting anyone with a runaway car or whatever happened in Day at the Museum. Like, Day at the Museum was a breaking point for me when I first watched it. And this is a another breaking point but it's only breaking because day at the museum like broke any sort of suspension of disbelief because that was just way too out there for me and this feels like a comfortable medium like like it's not it's still kind of out there. It's not your average day in the life of Blythe, but it's not so weird as to like try to break the fourth wall, but not like 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 even like like I still find like Mrs. Twombly's ancestor having actual, like, versions of some of these pets, like Panda, Mongoose, or Gecko, or Monkey, even. Like, back in the early to mid-1800s. That's more unbelievable to me than a pet who lived in the jungle and studied an ancient form of magic that can shrink things. That's... That is kind of why this episode feels like a slap in the face. Like, even the premise itself of the entire show requires a bit of suspension of disbelief. And it has rules. We learn that it has rules. In the episode where Alice is introduced, Blythe 
also takes a medicine where on the medicine label it says may impede ability to speak with animals. Like, that's not too far. But, ugh, drinking magic is too far. Like, you're, no, come on. Come on. Ugh. Like, like, I could accept this early in the show's life cycle. But this is like mid to late season three. We've seen everything the show has to offer so far. And we've seen it. And this is not too unbelievable for everything else this show has done. Like, you can't include something like Kung Fu quilting as a facet of the world and say anything is too far to not be real. It's it's just not good to do that. I don't like it. I don't like it a lot. And we're going to get into... It a bit more, but maybe we should finish the episode a little bit first. <laughs> so, Russell apologizes to Dolores, and Dolores is about to thank him, but Pepper keeps laughing, and Dolores asks her to stop. Pen- Pepper says that she finds her voice funny, and she can't help but laugh, but then she goes back to her point from the beginning by saying that it's not bad and in fact it's what makes you you and you just gotta embrace it which is a good moment for Pepper because like Pepper has been at this point like in lots of luck or in frenemies or in sweet pepper like it comes to a head in sweet pepper where like Pepper wants to pretend she's someone else in order to get closer to the one she likes. But Blythe's advice is just for her to be herself. And Blythe reminds Pepper to be herself in Lots of Luck as well. And, like, Blythe also helps, like, negotiate what's going on between Pepper and Zoe in Frenemies. And, like, now... Now we see that Pepper is giving that advice to someone else and it's uh, it's just amazing. And Dolores thinks about it and says you're right and starts laughing it as well. And she and Pepper laugh together and it is a nice scene, but because of all of the stuff that's not real, it feels too short. Like like All the other episodes that feel rushed at least had episodes. And at least you can see the things where you can lengthen it out. But here, it it just is, like, too small to, like... Like, you could stretch it out, but they thought, oh, let's let's make up something else. Like, whatever. Uh, Like, it's another problem with the oh it wasn't real in that it doesn't matter but like like there's there's usually a good explanation but this explanation isn't good 
Like, uh, it's, it's just, like, if it was to mean anything, it would have been Dolores or Pepper, or po- probably Pepper, who should have had that, like, vision or imagination bit or whatever, but it was Finny the entire time. Vinny. So everything learned is in that minute of content. And it kind of just falls a bit flat, even though it's good. Like, uh, uh, so to finish off, Blythe returns and says that she made a new friend out on her walk and introduces everyone to Alice. Alice walks in, sees Vinny, and says, Princess Precious? And Vinny looks on in shock, which ends the episode. Uh, Link, Link, okay. Terriers and Tiaras is still my least favorite episode of the entire series. This is my most disappointing episode. Because, like, it's a well-done episode, but then they cancel it out of existence for no good reason. Like, the reason they cancel, like, Toys in the Attic as having not happened, it's because everyone dies in that episode. Because of the the... mutant thing that goes around biting everyone or everyone dies because a comet hits earth and the mining thing and there's also in the zombies in samurai champloo and we need to see the stories of both ends so of course those are dreams and it might just be a bit too far-fetched and like i think even in toys in the attic like the creature responsible was like leftover food and since spike wakes up i think it implies that spike ate some bad leftovers and had a nightmare but like like this this just is here's dream sequence for no good reason other than it's fun and it is fun and it's well done and I love it until it stops being real like like even the scene where Blythe and Alice are outside and it's windy and they're negotiating it's very tense and the animation is well done with the whole wind thing and the ominous cloud and Alice like is like I I don't know I want to keep this dollhouse Blythe knows what it is but you can't say it because it sounds crazy but it's real until it's not real like that was a good scene and then they like ruined it by like pulling the rug out from under her feet uh, like 
I can go on about how this is dumb. But I just want to end it with this is dumb because it is. It's like it, it doesn't mean anything and it also implies that this is too crazy for this show when it very much isn't. And it just upsets me immensely. So, I guess that will be all for this episode of The Littlest Petcast. Uh, Be sure to uh, leave a comment and rating on Shout Engine, on Apple Podcasts, on the Google Play Store, and wherever else RSS feeds go. Uh, When they're just... They can't deal with this dumb, dumb decision. And be sure to tune in next time for the episode Back Window when we will finally be back in stop with Air Date Order. I will see you then. So if none of this is real, then does that mean that Alice's mom is actually a good parent? I don't know. I don't think so, because, like, we saw her last time, and she also kind of didn't give a hoot then either. I don't know. This is why... Uh, this episode is not great because like it's an interesting angle but we can't confirm it anymore alright I'll stop